Um, joy, it seems to me that joy is a pretty important part of our existence as human beings. It seems that joy is kind of a, a coveted emotion, that, that, that we all desire joy. I mean, even as kids, when we grow up, we're, we're looking for joy all the time. We want to do the fun things. We want to do the stuff that makes us happy, right? And, you know, when our parents make us do, you know, the chores, it's like, oh, I don't want to do that. That's not fun, right? This doesn't bring me joy. That's, that's a challenge. That's dirty work or whatever it may be. We, we seem to be people that are focused a lot on joy. Uh, and joy is not just an emotion. It's not just this feeling that's inside. It, joy is, is happiness, certainly, and it's maybe accompanied oftentimes by laughter. But joy is, I think, a little bit deeper than that. It, it, it speaks to contentment. Uh, it's, it speaks to success, to being satisfied. It's when we have those moments when we feel like, yeah, this is, this is it, and we, we're enjoying the things that we had hoped to enjoy, right? It, it brings joy to our heart. Uh, joy is expressed sometimes jubilantly, and expressively, and other times it's kind of contained. We, we can express joy publicly for all to see, and other times it's just private. It's just something that's in our hearts. But joy, whatever really it is, and however it works, we as human beings seem to be very focused on it. It's, it's in, this, in essence what we all are striving for. We're striving for joy in relationships. We're striving for joy in our careers. We're striving for joy in health, that we would be healthy and feel good. We keep doing the things that cause us joy, right? I mean, it's not just that we are seeking joy, but when we find joy, we want to stay in that spot, right? This is why it's frustrating when we're in a time of joy, to have it end, right? And when change comes or when God brings transition, we get frustrated with that because, no, 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 I, I like where I'm at right now, right? I, you know, when things are going bad, we're like, you can't wait for it to change. But when things are good and we're enjoying life, we, we struggle against transition and change. We don't want it. So if joy is something that we're all striving for and is such a big part of our life, that means that we're all, in essence, on a journey to find joy. And that journey to find joy seems to start in the same place for all of us. And the starting point is finding joy in our circumstances. We, we, we first of all start to look for joy in the good times of life. That as life happens and, and good things happen, we, we find joy in that and we get excited about it. When, when, when life has those events and those moments in time that are just sweet, right? You know, it's, it's like Christmas, right? When, when Christmas is filled with family and friends and, and fun and fudge, <coughs> right? <coughs> I mean, that's just the happy time. That's the, that's those, those are the holidays that are filled with joy, right? You, know, you get excited about it because, you know, there's, there's all those things that are there and, and it just feels right, right? And it doesn't always feel that way, so when it does, you get excited about it. You, you, you get joyful about it, and you appreciate it. But these times, these good times, 
They, they seem to be limited. They come and then they go. They're, they don't last forever. See, life is actually filled with not just the good times, but also the hard times. And these hard times, especially when we're seeking for joy, can cause in us frustration. Frustrated that we're not enjoying the time, the good times anymore. That why did the good times have to end? Another way that we seek joy in circumstances is through accomplishing life goals. You know, relationship goals that, you know, you, you someday get to date that boy or that girl that's in your high school that you've, you know, really liked for a long time, right? And, oh, it finally happened, you know, it's like relationship goal, right? Or, or marriage, right? You know, that, that you get to actually marry that, that cute gal across the hall or you get to, you know, it, 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 get married to the person of your dreams, you know, that soulmate in a sense, right? So kind of this relationship goals are accomplished bring joys. Also, career goals. When you, when you get that job that you've always been wanting and longing for, and you've, for years and years and years, you've, you've sought that, oh man, I'll, I just want to be able to do this someday. Or financial goals, where we are able to, you know, save up enough money to do certain things, or we're able to have enough in savings to pay for our kids' college, or whatever it may be, right? Financial goals can bring joy as well. Uh, hobbies, when we're successful at hobbies or able to do certain hobbies, you know, be able to, to accomplish certain uh, goals within a hobby, like, you know, a hole-in-one. I mean, really, how hard is it, right, Greg? How hard is it? It's not hard. It's so easy, right? That's why I've never done it. Yeah, whatever. So, yeah, but if that ever comes, right, I'm going to be very joyful about that hole-in-one, I can tell you that, right? I'm going to probably save that golf ball. I'll probably come back to church the next Sunday and tell you all about it. And you'll have to listen to that story over and over again. And you'll get tired of it. So, but that's because it's an important thing, right? And, and I want to enjoy that journey someday, right? That, that, that accomplishment. However, it's, well, to, to tie it into Christmas, it's like, it's like hanging Christmas lights. You know, maybe for you this is not a big deal. But for me, one of my goals one of the, the accomplishments I would love to achieve someday is that I would only have to put up my Christmas lights one time. That they wouldn't fall down, and then I have to go out and do it again, and again, and again. I mean, my wife's like, uh, the lights are down again. I'm like, I know they're down again. I've already done it three times. Why do I have to do it four times? Can't we just leave them down this time, right? I mean, what a great achievement that would be to someday have, you know, one Christmas where the lights stay up all year long. Like the whole time. Like the whole season. It's just there. Oh, that'd be great. Maybe someday. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. But these, these accomplishments, these life goals that we can accomplish are also limited in giving us joy because they're limited by our failures. The reality that we will fail. Um, life is actually filled with failure, right? It's something we have to deal with on a regular basis, and, and that failure oftentimes leads to depression. So another way that we can uh, seek joy in our circumstances is through just satisfying our cravings. You know, we as human beings have these just cravings, you know, food cravings or, or physical, you know, cravings or revenge even cravings, right? You know, to someday get back at that person or events, you know, in the calendar that, you know, we have to do every year. We're so excited every year that that's going to happen, you know, like Christmas cookie baking, right? I mean, that happens every year, right, honey? 
every year, right? Every year. <laughs> Hasn't happened yet this year, but really excited when it does happen because it'll satisfy my cravings for being the sample cookie, cookie sampler, right? It's a very important role that I have there. Uh, super excited, right? I mean, but these are cravings that we have, but again, even these cravings are limited, right? They're, they're lim- limited by our senses. You know, maybe someday we won't be able to enjoy those cookies as much. Life is filled, actually, with limits. You know, places where you can only go so far and then you've got to stop. Or, on the other side, your f- life is filled with addiction as well. That if you keep going down and continue to satisfy that craving, it creates this addiction that then all of a sudden consumes you and now it's no longer joy. The reality is, is that we have sought, and on the journey to joy, we've sought joy in circumstances. But at some point in our life, we all come to the realization that circumstances fail us. It's not, we can't count on it. There's no way to know if tomorrow's going to be a good time or a bad time. There's no way to know if we're ever going to accomplish those goals that we have. There's no way to know that if we're going to be able to continue to satisfy those cravings that we have. And so when we come to that point in life when we realize that circumstances have failed us in finding joy, we, we can either do two things. One, you can, we can despair. And we can just kind of throw our hands up in the air and what's the point? And then we just kind of live apathetically through life and just kind of just looking for joy wherever we can find it. And, and then just, but also with this sense of, you know, it's all going to end someday. Or some of us find hope in a higher power. Find hope that we can find joy in a higher power. And so the next step in our journey leads us to seeking joy in religion. Where we seek joy in appeasing God. That, that we would make God happy. And if we make God happy, he'll make us happy. And there's three ways that we do this. Uh, seek joy in religion. First of all, it's in legalism. We, we seek to live legalistically. To 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 toe the line, to, to follow all the rules, and to do all the right things, right? It, we seek to live morally. You know, as a Christian, we can get to know the Bible really well so that we can, but we're just reading it for the laws, right? What, what are the things we are supposed to do? What are the things we're not supposed to do? And we make sure that we follow those laws. Uh, we, those who uh, kind of are seeking joy in legalism can get, can get really, really to an extreme upset about the term happy holidays, Right? I mean, happy holidays. You can't, you can't use happy holidays. What are you doing? You're not even a Christian if you use happy holidays. It's Merry Christmas. Right? You know I mean? This kind of mindset, you know, that happy holidays is, you know, just so far beyond. And so it's, it's, it's crossing their legalistic line. Right? That you have to say Merry Christmas, not happy holidays. But what we see in legalism is that it is eventually limited by our sin. We're going to fail our own legalism. We're, we're going we're gonna to stumble. We're going to sin, and that's going to end our joy. And oftentimes what happens when we're seeking joy through legalism is that it ends in our own self-condemnation. Feeling like, you know, what's the point? I, 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 can't, I can't live righteously. I can't do it right. I just keep messing up. 
The next uh, way that we can seek joy in religion is through spiritualism. And this is the idea of living for emotions. That, you know, that, you know it's about uh, feeling the right feelings at the right time. And that these are those who, who are looking for an emotional experience with God. And every Sunday morning has to be this emotional experience with God. And, and that the worship leader has to do the songs just right. Because if they do them just right, then I'll get this feeling. And when I get this feeling, I know that's God. Because this is a feeling that comes from God. And then uh, when I feel that way then I know I'm close to God. And so this is, you know, around Christmas, this is also the ones who really get excited about, you know, the Christmas Eve service and Silent Night, right? Because Silent Night has to be sung at the end of the Christmas Eve service, and it's when you pass out all the, the candle, you know, the light, you know, to everybody's got their little candle, right? And it's got to be a cappella, and it's got to be sung with all four parts, and you got to make sure that it's sung really prettily, and, you know, there's no, nobody, you know, crying, there's no crying in Silent Night, right? And then we all walk out the door afterwards in just this amazing emotional experience, right? You know, I mean, this is the idea, right? That Christmas is about this emotionalism, this emotional reaction in order to find joy. But even spiritualism, again, is limited, and it's limited by our feelings. Feelings are fickle things. <laughs> we, we can't control them. We don't know when they're going to come and when they're going to go, right? And it's just sometimes... We aren't going to feel the things, no matter how well the worship leader did in setting up the songs. And so we can oftentimes end feeling lonely. Feeling like God has left us because I don't have that feeling anymore. Because I don't feel like he's close. A third way that we seek to find joy in religion is through intellectualism. The, the idea here is that we are living for education. You know, we, we know God's word, we know it well, we know all of the important pieces in here, and we've studied theology, and there's only one true theology about everything written in this book, and I know what it is. And if you disagree with me, that's okay, because I will teach you. Um, you know, it's like this idea that uh, there's only one true understanding of God, and, and, and so they, they get excited about that education and seeking joy and understanding and knowing God. Uh, at Christmas time, these are, the, these are the people that will sometimes, well, they'll show up to your house, and if you have a crash or a nativity scene, they'll look at it and they'll go, and, well, especially if it has wise men in it, right? They'll come up and they'll go, oh, um, you do know that the wise men didn't show up until probably two years after the birth of Christ, right? I mean, they really shouldn't be in the nativity, really. I mean, you need to get them out of there. I mean, right, right? I mean, this is, this is the thing they get excited about, right? I mean, that's a good thing that we don't have wise men in our, in our crash, right? I mean, look at that. It's just this tall Joseph. Why is he so tall? You guys notice that? I mean, he's just like giant over here. I don't know what's going on. But anyway, so, but even in intellectualism, again, there's a limit, and it's a limit of our mind, right? We're all going to experience our mind starting to eventually give way, right, and where we're not going to be able to remember things as well, not be able to use our mind like we used to, and, and that starts happening, then oftentimes it ends in a sense of foolishness. That, you know, again, that I don't have joy because I'm a fool. I don't know these things. I should know these things, and I don't. I can't memorize scripture. I can't do this, or I, whatever it may be. So in the journey to enjoy life and to find joy, even religion fails us. And after journeying that way for a while, we will come to that point where we realize living religiously is not going to give us lasting joy. And because of that, many of us, again, begin to despair. What's the point? Why do I even try 
to live you know, religiously. It, it's, it's, what's the point? I'm just going to fail again. I can't do it. So finally, after we've sought joy from circumstances and joy from religion, we finally get to the point where we find joy in putting our faith in Jesus. It is only faith in Jesus that allows us to have an everlasting joy, a joy that will make it through it all, that will give us joy in every situation. And it starts with the joy of salvation. We are rescued from our sin and our punishment. We've lived a life of sin. We deserve punishment, and we've lived this life, and yet salvation comes. Jesus shows up. He's born as a baby and lives 30-some years, and then he gives his life and pays the price for our penalty. He saves us from our sin and the condemnation that was to come. In the joy of salvation, we receive two things. First of all, we receive mercy. And mercy is the, the not receiving what we do deserve. We don't receive the punishment that we deserve. Because Christ took the punishment that he didn't deserve. We, because of that, we, have, we are justified and we have forgiveness. That, that God, when he looks at us, he doesn't look and see a sinner. He looks and sees that we are holy. We are like him. We are okay. We're good. We can be in relationship with God again. Romans 5.18 says, Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. Jesus' death, his sacrifice of his life for us, allowed us to now enjoy life. We've received, we, we did not receive what we deserve. But also in salvation, we receive what we don't deserve, which is grace. We receive the righteousness of Christ. See, it's not just that our sins have been forgiven. It's not just that we are now justified, but it's that we are righteous. We are holy, not because of our acts of righteousness, but because of Christ's. That because of what he has done and because he lived righteously, we now get the credit for that righteousness. Romans 4, 5 says, And to the one who does not work but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. It's not that faith is a righteous act. It's that he, our faith allows Jesus' righteous acts to be attributed to us. We not only do not get what we deserve in the punishment for our sin, but we also receive what we don't deserve in the righteousness of Christ. Along with that, we receive new life. We're transformed. Sin has, the chains of sin have been broken, and we're able to now live out that righteousness, at least to some extent. But we have a new life where we can now live differently than we did before. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. We have a new life because of Christ through faith. You see, with joy and salvation, 
we can find joy because of the mercy that we've received and the grace we've received. But here's the amazing thing. We can still find joy even when we sin. Because our sin actually reminds us of God's grace. Consider a ropes course. Has anyone ever done a ropes course before? A few of you maybe, all right. Did you just do it yesterday? Is that why you're all bummed out there? Yeah, bad knee? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, in a ropes course, the idea is that you're you know, up in the air in between trees or whatever, and you're walking these ropes, right, and doing all these things up in the air, and like if you fall, you die. Not really, right? Because if you fall, what happens? You have a rope that's attached to your harness, right, and someone is hanging on so that you don't fall and hit the ground. This is the same picture that we have with our salvation and when, when it comes to sin. You see, we as, uh, are living our life and trying to negotiate the ropes course, trying to stay on the rope and not fall. I mean, we don't want to fall. We want to stay on that line. But occasionally, we will fall. But when we fall, it doesn't cost us our life because someone saves us. So even when we fall, we all of a sudden become aware of the fact that we have a rope that's hanging on to us, that we can then be thankful for that rope and give joy because we didn't fall. And this is salvation, that when we sin, it's not the end of us. We don't lose our life. We just fall off the rope and, and they hang on to us and we get to try again. So everlasting joy comes when we put our faith in Jesus through the joy of salvation, but also through the joy of restoration. You see, salvation brings restoration. We are going to be restored, not just in eternity, but even now. We will be restored physically. We will be restored relationally. We will be restored creation in regards to creation. And we can have these temporary restorations right now in our life. God is a God who heals. We have hope for today. It's not just a restoration in eternity, but God heals all the time. I mean, even consider Carol Knott's situation. God is working in her life to heal her body right now. We don't know she's going to experience the full healing that's going to come yet. But we're hopeful that it will, and we know that it comes. It can happen. Sometimes God does it miraculously in just a moment through a prayer. Other times he does it over a journey. But God heals. Isaiah 53, 5. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. Because Jesus allowed his body to be broken, our bodies can be healed. Our bodies can be restored. But even more importantly than the temporary restoration is, of course, the permanent restoration. That at the end of our life, our bodies will be restored. Our relationships will be restored. At the, that the end of our life is not the end of our life, but it's just simply a transition or the beginning of eternal life. 1 Corinthians 15, 51 and 52, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. We have this hope 
we have this joy that when our life ends, we will receive an imperishable body. That we will not have to fight this battle anymore. But what's amazing is that joy comes even when our body fails. See, it's not just a joy when our body is healthy. When our body is healthy, certainly we can have joy in that and we can praise the Lord for Him bringing health, especially after a time of sickness. But even when we come to the end of our life, we have joy and can have joy. And the reason that we can have joy is because we know that the, the closer we get to death, the closer we get to our permanent, imperishable body. It's like that car. You know, the car that you have that's old and it's run down, it's beat up, but it keeps running, right? I mean, it just keeps running year after year. You're just kind of like, oh my gosh, this car just keeps going and we keep nursing it along until finally one day it dies. <laughs> yeah, irreparably, it's just done. There's nothing we can do. And why are we excited at that time? Because we get to do what? Buy a new car. Yeah, exactly. And this is the same for us. When we get to the end of our life here on this earth, we can be excited and joyful because we know we're going to get the new body now. And it's only a faith in Jesus that allows us to enjoy restoration, to have joy in times of healing and times of death. My voice is almost back, not quite. And next, when we place our faith in Jesus, when we have salvation, when we have restoration, we have joy of eternity. Joy of eternity is the idea that we are on the winning team. Not just for today, but for all eternity. We are on the winning team. We're going to win in the end. And the amazing thing is that we can win even now in our suffering. See, faith in Jesus is the only, is the only way that we can enjoy or have joy in suffering. You know, everything else, suffering is just bad and evil and horrible and something to avoid. But when we have faith in Jesus, all of a sudden suffering, can, we can find joy there. Suffering has a purpose. It's meaningful. It brings endurance. It brings character. It brings hope. Romans 5, 3 to 4. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. You see, in our suffering, we still can find joy because we recognize that even in the suffering, there's some value to it. That God is doing something in us. He hasn't left us. He's there in the middle of that suffering with us. So we can find joy for today in the midst of suffering, but we can also find joy in the eternity when we get it all. When we look forward to the end and recognize that, you know, this is just temporary and that's eternal. And that when we get to the eternity, it's going to be all good. We don't have to deal with the suffering anymore. It's all gone. We just have goodness to look forward to. Revelations 21, 3 and 4. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. 
and death shall be no more. Neither shall be there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. These are the things that we get excited about, that we can find joy in, is that when we get to eternity, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be without suffering and pain, without the struggles that we've had to deal with in this life. And so we can find amazing joy in the eternity. But we can find joy even when evil seems to get the upper hand. Even when it looks like everything is going bad. Having this joy of eternity allows us to go, wait a second. Yes, everything is bad right now. There's really horrible things happening all around me. But I know the end. I know what's going to happen at the end. It's, it's like this Seahawk game, football game, that I have recorded. It's, it's from a few years ago. It was in, uh, the season of 2014. The game actually happened January 18th, 2015. It was playoff. It was NFC Championship game. You win this game, you go to the Super Bowl. Seahawks show up playing Green Bay Packers. And they lay an egg the first half. I mean, it's just ugly. They're horrible. Like all kinds of turnovers whatnot. They're down by 16 points halfway through the third quarter. It's like it's over. There's no way we're going to win this game. Green Bay is going to the Super Bowl. We're going to have to watch that ugly yellow. Oh, it's going to be horrible. Anyway. So, so, amen. Yes, Minnesota fan right there. Sorry about last week's embarrassment. It was embarrassing for both teams, actually. Um, but anyway... I have it on record. I recorded this, right? Because it's the greatest game in NFL history, right? It really is. It's, it's the greatest comeback ever. 16 points down, and we come back, and we win the game in overtime, right? And so even in the, the third quarter, halfway through the third quarter, we're down by 16 points. There's no chance, and I allow myself to sit in that for a little bit. But in the back of my mind, I know, right? And so that first touchdown comes, right? And it's a fake kick or field goal. They're going to kick a field goal. No! The punter, punter takes it and throws the ball to a lineman, catches it in the end zone for a touchdown, right? It's like, yes, here we come, right? We're going to win this game. You should watch this game if you haven't watched it, because it's really good. It's really good. But I'm celebrating before the game is over, even though Green Bay's ahead by 16 points, because I know how it ends. And we as Christians, we know how it ends, so even when life is throwing us all these ugly things and suffering is coming and trials are hard and evil is winning and it's just ugly all around us, we can still be excited and find joy because we know the end. We know it's how it's going to end. All right. So the journey of joy starts in circumstances. When they fail, some of us find hope in religion. And seek to find joy there. But when religion fails, then we finally recognize, if we're lucky, that faith in Jesus is the only way that we can enjoy everlasting joy. Certainly, there is joy in circumstances and in religion. And we should accept those opportunities to rejoice in those circumstances. It's not that finding joy in circumstances is bad. Not at all. We should celebrate well when things are going good. But just recognize that the everlasting joy that goes beyond circumstances, that goes beyond religion, is found in the faith of Jesus. It is rejoicing in the Lord that allows us to rejoice in all circumstances. 
Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. Worship team, would you come forward? And as they do, I'll read some, some areas of our life that I think we can find joy, where maybe sometimes we don't expect to find joy. But uh, just a long list here, maybe a little bit too long, but a long list of ways that we can find joy when we have joy in the Lord instead of joy in our circumstances or joy in religion. First of all, when you get the new job, rejoice in the Lord's abundant provision. When you lose your job, rejoice in the Lord starting something new. When you live righteously, rejoice in the Lord for breaking the chains of sin. But when you sin, rejoice in the Lord's amazing grace and forgiveness. When you have intimate friendships, rejoice in the Lord's encouragement. When you lose a friend, Rejoice in the Lord's faithful companionship. When you enjoy emotional connection, rejoice in the Lord's intimacy. When you worship and it's just cold, rejoice in the Lord's draw to truth. When you enjoy years of health, rejoice in the Lord's sustaining power. When you are sick, rejoice in the Lord's leading into dependence on Him. When you comprehend deep truths, rejoice in the Lord's enlightenment. And when you can't remember yesterday, rejoice in the Lord's omniscience. When you have times of great success, rejoice in the Lord's empowerment. But when you have times of great struggle, rejoice in the Lord bringing humility 